0: I'm going to be sharing on the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, back in the day when Jesus was crucified, in natural fact, it's not that long ago that we were celebrating Easter. And before we know it, we're going to be celebrating Christmas, but we perhaps can't think that far ahead when we're in the glorious summer heat at the moment. But you know, it's not that long ago that we were celebrating Easter all over the world and what Easter means. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost. But you know, for us, it's amazing because when we celebrate Easter, when we celebrate Pentecost, we're celebrating from the risen resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But if you can imagine the disciples back in the day when Jesus was hanging on the cross, can you imagine how they must have felt? How they were in such disarray, confusion and disappointment when they saw the Messiah, Emmanuel, the one who had been promised, the one that they had put their hope in, they saw him hanging on a cross. They saw him being taken down dead and laid lifeless into a tomb. But when you and I celebrate Christmas and we remember this, we remember this because we remember that Jesus Christ is alive and he is well. Amen. And today when we have sung praise and we have worshipped, we've worshipped a risen saviour, not a dead hero. We are on the other side of the cross. I truly believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is desperate to actually do it again in our city, do it again in our lives, do it again in our nation, to do it again in our world. And so this is what I actually want to speak to you about this morning. In that time between Easter and Pentecost, the dear Lord Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, he spent his time with his followers, talking, inspired by the Holy Spirit and revealing everything concerning the kingdom of God. And I think that the last will and testament of a person is is very, very important. And so what I want us to look at today is the last words of Jesus Christ. Because if last words, will and testaments, as they are officially known, are important, then I believe the last words of Jesus Christ while he was here on planet Earth are also vitally important. Amen? And the thing is, what Jesus spoke about was actually the Holy Spirit. He spoke about the Holy Spirit. This was his last context of, of scripture, of, of words that he was speaking to his disciples was about the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit before he ascends into heaven, I believe as a church, we need to reawaken to the power of the Holy Spirit and what is available in us and what he has put within us to use for godly purpose. Amen. You see, we've been singing today about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen? He is a person, the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a gift. He's a promise. He is a gift to us. He's not a reward for good behaviour. He is a gift that has been made available to every single one of us at the new birth. What an incredible gift. The Holy Spirit, the one who leads and guides us into all truth concerning all things. The Holy Spirit, who the Amplified Bible describes as being the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, the intercessor. The intercessor, the one who stands in the gap when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do. We can pray in the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can pray in the Holy Spirit. That's what happened at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit ascended onto the followers of Jesus Christ and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only did they speak in tongues, but they were empowered to do the work of the Spirit. They were empowered to do the work of their Father God. Amen. Amen. It's the same for you and I today. And I just pray, I just believe with all my heart that God can do it again. He can do it again. We've just got to wake up to what he wants to do again. Amen? It's time to shake off the sleepy dust out of our lives and to be up front and center. You know what amazes me? Is that Jesus said to all the followers, there was about 500 of them, he said, do not leave Jerusalem without the gift and I'm going to read that scripture in a moment but how many people were found in the upper room 120 well I pray every single one of us will not be found elsewhere but we will be found where the, where God has instructed us to go so that we can be filled with what he wants to fill us with so we can go out and do all he's called us to do amen Amen. And I I believe he's going to show up. He's going to stir things within you. He's been stirring things within me. And we are not going to be the same. You know, you don't come into church to walk out the same. We come into church to be transformed. Come as you are and allow him to transform you. So what I want to do in the moments that I have, I want to give you three things. If you're taking notes, which I hope you are, if you're taking notes, three things about the Holy Spirit. There are obviously many more, but I just want to give you three at the moment. The first one is that the Holy Spirit has been there from the beginning. He was there at creation. In Genesis 1 verses 1 to 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. He has been there from the beginning. And I love verse 3 because it goes on to say, And God said, let there be light, and there was. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the dark areas. And I don't know what dark areas you may have in your life, but I want to encourage you that the Holy Spirit is hovering over those dark areas and at the word of God, faith-filled word of God, he can turn that darkness into light. In Jesus' name, amen. Point two. When we look back at scripture and we look back at Jesus's life, we see that Jesus himself was baptized in water and at that baptism, the Holy Spirit came and enlightened on him. And I'm going to read in Matthew 3 verse 16 to 17 in the New King James Version. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and let me just stop here if Jesus Christ the son of God 100% God 100% man was water baptized full immersion then hey ho who are we not to be water baptized full immersion said all that is enough Immediately from the water, when Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice from heaven, the Spirit of God and a voice. Remember in the beginning, darkness, the Spirit of God, and then God's voice. Hear Jesus being water baptized, coming up, the Holy Spirit coming down, and a voice, God's voice speaking. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You hear the voice of God when the Holy Spirit is activated. Amen. Suddenly, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And what we can see so clearly from this scripture is that when the Holy Spirit is there, he is not going to remind you of the label society has given, not you. He's not going to put gambler on your head. He's not going to put addicted on your head. He's not going to, be put, he's not going to put orphan, abused, rejected. He's not even going to put okay. No, he's going to remind you that you are beloved. It's always going to be approval that you are beloved. We are beloved by God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We are loved by him. And that's what the Holy Spirit is going to do. He's never going to convict you of the things you have done wrong. The Holy Spirit's job is not to condemn us. The Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. It speaks of identity. My beloved son, identity. That is our identity. Our identity is that we are daughters and sons of the Lord Most High. It's incredible. The inheritance that comes, I'm already blessed to have the inheritance from a natural father, but the inheritance of my heavenly father is nothing short of ridiculous. It is so overwhelming, the inheritance. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So when God looks at you and when God looks at me, he looks at us and has as much love for us as he has for Jesus. How can that be? We didn't leave the splendor of heaven. We didn't hang on a cross. We didn't conquer hell, death and the grave. How generous is our older brother, Jesus Christ, to say, you can share in my inheritance And that is what the Holy Spirit will remind us of, our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say, in whom I am well pleased. God is forever pleased. We don't have to earn his love. He loved us before we even loved him. He loved us while we were still in our filthy, dirty, sin rags. He loved us. We are beloved, we are his children, and he is well pleased. Amen. And Romans 8 verse 1 says that because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that, of sin that leads to death. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, you might not be living like you are free. You might feel like you still got chains around you. Well, I want to encourage you that, yes, even Paul and Silas and different people had experiences where they were chained and they were bound and they were beaten. But you know what? God did free them. And what God has done, God has done in the past, He can do it again. And I stand here knowing that chains over your life can and will be broken in the power of the name of Jesus and because of the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Amen. Verse 10 goes on to say, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Amen. You and I have been made right with God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Stunning, stunning. Point three. So we see how the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. We see how he turned up at Pentecost. 2000 plus years ago but then I want to encourage you because he is still the same today and we can we can experience his supernatural power in our lives today this moment in this service amen Jesus showed himself to his disciples and in acts verses 1 to 3 I want to just read what he did when he showed himself to his disciples from Easter to Pentecost. Jesus showed himself alive after his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross by a series of many infallible proofs and unquestionable demonstrations, appearing to them, his followers, over a period of 40 days and talking to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. And now I'm going to read verse 4 and verse 5. Verse 4 says, while being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak before. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you, you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. All oh my days, we get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We get to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. We get to be united with the Holy Spirit. And if you and I are going to be united as individuals, we need to first and foremost be united with the Holy Spirit. There is something that comes about in those of us who've made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior that is not actually relatable to anybody who has not because you and I have got the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in us. This is powerful. We see in Acts, I love the book of Acts, and I would encourage you to read the book of Acts. Read how it all got started. We are here now because of what got started in the book of Acts. We were here now because of what Jesus did, but it's in the book of Acts, we see how it spread throughout the world. Amen? And in Acts 2, we see that they did. They did go to the upper room. They were there. They did wait. They did pray. They were focused. And the Holy Spirit did come. The disciples were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And there is no doubt that something transformational happened when that happened. Because what we can see, as my dear father often used to say when he was alive, he would say, we can see that the disciples turned the world upside down and put it the right way up. And you and I are here today to help turn the world that is upside down, turn it upside down again but put it the right way up. Amen? These disciples, they went from being full of fear to being bold and courageous. They went from being confused and disorientated to having clarity and vision and purpose. They went from denying Jesus. Peter said, I never knew him. Basically, to saying, no, I know Jesus. He is my Lord and he is my saviour. He is the King of kings. Amen? They went from deserting him to save their own lives to running To the world and being willing to die for the message that they were carrying. They literally went from running away from Jesus to running to the world with the message of hope. This was a radical transformation and it took place at Pentecost. It took place when the Holy Spirit came and they were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of which I believe with all my heart we need to tap into again today. Tap into again. You see, God is God of the yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The Holy Spirit, he was around at the beginning. He was around at Pentecost, and he is still around today. He is never going to leave us. And so if he's done it before, I believe he can do it again today. Amen? I think one of the key things that we can see when you read um, the book of Acts, you can see time and time again, they were in one place, in one accord, for such a time as this. For such a time as this you see united with the holy spirit and united with each other. And unity it does not mean that we agree. Come on as a church we won't always agree with everything that we what somebody else likes this somebody likes that the way we do this the way we do that but is our purpose the same. Amen. <laughs> there is power. Power in being united. We can get so much more done being united. And what I want to actually read now is a portion of Scripture found in Acts, and it is literally what we frame building our church on. We figured if it was good enough for the early church, it's so good for us. So Acts 2 verses 42 to 47 in the message translation is a signature portion of Scripture for us as a church. All the believers devoted themselves all of the believers we need every single one of us to play our part just like the body we've heard that message so many times hey if you've been a christian more than 6 months you will have heard a message about the body of christ you know the toes are important apparently you don't have your big toes balance is really not happening just your big toes all the organs that you can't see that are so vital to functioning as a body Or I don't know what you can bring, but God has put something on your life that you can bring. Do not disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself because of your age, because of your gender. Don't disqualify yourself because of your skills or lack of. There is something that you can do because all the believers, if you believe you're included, devoted themselves, which means they placed value. They placed value to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. To so the apostles, teaching means they place value on input. There was a pattern of sound teaching coming from them. And that is the same today. There is a pattern of sound teaching that is coming from the life of the church. And it's coming from the, you know, from our senior pastors, Brian and Bobby. Revival is in the air. Well, we cannot have revival if we don't have the Holy Spirit. Amen. So they, they all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's supper, and to prayer. They were focused. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. I, the days of miracles are not over. They are here. Do we have an expectation for it? Amen. We've got people in our congregation, our church family, who need a miracle. And we have expectation for it. The miraculous, wondrous working power of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. All the believers met together in one place, logistics, and shared everything they had, common purpose. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, we're not asking you to share, to sell your properties, but we are asking you to contribute To contribute in whatever way you can with what you do have, not just financially, but with your generosity of smile, of encouragement, of prayer, of reading the word, being a self-feeder. That is contributing to the house of the Lord. Amen. They worship together at the temple each day. That's what we've been doing. We've been worshiping together here, but we can also worship every day at home because worship is basically discovering who God is and what he is worth and then responding to him. Amen. We can worship at home. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Let us not forget the Lord's Supper. Let us not forget breaking of bread. Take communion at home. You don't need a priest to do it. You can do it because Jesus is your priest and you can come boldly before God yourself. Amen. Amen. They shared their meals with great joy and hospita- generosity, which is Hospitality. Let's be generous to our city. And listen to this. This is what happens. And each day, not just on Sundays, but each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, this is why we are here. But Acts 1, as I finish, Acts 1 verses 8 in the Amplified Version says this. But you shall receive power. In the Amplified Version, it goes on to say, ability efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you, me, shall be his witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is why you and I exist. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.